0: Jordan is on best Harper's on middle McKee gets it in the middle They play together, they believe um, If here's Levert, it's cold Levert, back in Speed Oh, he's a one-man wrecking crew Holiday. shot clock down to six Finds one go
1: Welcome to another edition of the Corn Cornrows podcast. I'm your host, Mark Schindler. As always, before we get started today, if you haven't already, please be sure to rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts. That always helps us out. wanna get your feedback here from you. Take any questions, comments, anything. We have the trade deadline coming up soon. Uh, we're already a little bit over halfway through the season. It's kind of crazy to think about. Um, Pacers come out tonight, or I guess I should say today. It's the middle of the day on a Sunday. Uh, 109 to 106 victory over the Miami Heat in overtime. Uh seven score. I mean seven players in double figures. Uh swept the back to back season series against the Heat. Uh joined by my co-host and editor Tom Lewis. Tom, before we even talk about the games, how are you doing? How are things on your end?
0: Oh, doing well. Doing much better after watching that game. That was fun. What, what was that again? Did you say they
1: swept the heat? Yeah, they swept the heat. Which uh, it's a nice little role reversal yeah, after, after after oh, what happened in did. October. So. Great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll take it. Um, yeah, I'm, so I think there, there's a lot we can dive into with this game, and I want to talk about in a, in a second segment talking about uh, the series overall, and then some stuff moving forward. But first thing that I wanted to point out, um, I mean, it, it, it's like I said at the beginning, seven players scored in double figures tonight. Or today, mm. gosh, I keep saying tonight. Um, <laughs> just a great team showing. Pacers afternoon. <laughs> yes, Pacers afternoon. Um, it, just a great team showing all around. Uh, there were a couple of players who didn't play super well, but, I mean, uh, Malcolm Brogdon, 4-17 from the field. Karis LeVert, 5-18 of from the field. Uh, but both hit big shots, and, which, you know, again, they both shot below 30% from the field, but both played a really significant part tonight. Uh, driving the offense, uh, I mean, Malcolm had 10 assists. Uh, Karras had the game winning shot or basically put the, put the game away in overtime. Uh, and I thought both players as well. I tweeted this out. Karras isn't a great defender. We've already seen that like off ball. He's rough at points, uh, but mm-hmm. on ball, he just gives you the opportunities when, when Jimmy Butler is trying to, to get switched on to a mismatch and he gets switched off of Malcolm onto Karis Karras Avert. I mean, it's still, It's a better, it's a better matchup for Jimmy Butler than going up against Malcolm's Malcolm's a little bit stronger, but at the same time you have Karis who's six foot six with a, with a good wingspan and who can hold up at the point of attack instead of having Aaron holiday out there or Doug McDermott or somebody who is not as capable of defending somebody that size. And I just thought that was huge tonight considering, I mean, Jimmy is the guy who they were looking to hit shots down the stretch. And he had a good game, but they were able to limit him. And he, he only got to the line eight times, which is, I believe, below his uh, his season average. So um, <laughs> I, I was impressed with that. And I, Karis, just, we'll talk more about it later on, but Karis just continues to impact the team in a lot of positive ways.
0: Yeah, and again, going back to, you know, the general point you made about the, you know, spreading the wealth. And and um, it, it was a, a deal where different guys were stepping up at different points in the game. And I know Levert didn't have a great overall game the whole way through, you know, not, definitely not efficient, but even, even early in the, in the game um, in the first half, he hit a pair of threes that really got the Pacers going at one yeah. point, you know? Um, and then, you know, down the stretch, he had a, a big bucket there in OT and, and I mean, they went to him for the game winner, which is nice, but, um, and then Brodman, he had a couple big threes. He had the big three um, there as the Pacers were, we're um, trying to put things away. So um, that overall feel, even, and, you know, go, go to McConnell, another guy, didn't have a great first half showing. that whole reserve unit. Wasn't great like they were on Friday, but then after the break, they come out and they're just monsters. Um, and he and, Mac, he and McDermott, you know, lighted it up for several minutes, you know. So, you know, and, and then, of course, Justin Holiday just doing Justin Holiday things wherever you need him. And and even Miles Turner, you know, he didn't even play the fourth quarter, but he was big in the first half at points, especially real early in the game. Um, and then after a few hiccups to start O D, um, hiccups might be nice, but regardless, he went to what he does best and just defended the rim like crazy and and got you know made that impact that allowed the patients to get it going on the other end. So you know, we're just reeling off the names here and and guys making plays and and that's what you got to do to beat the heat, especially on the floor. We've seen it so often. You can play great, and, and, you know, for three quarters or for 40 minutes, but they're not going to stop. And you got to give them all 48, and in this, and in this uh, case, 53. And and fortunately, the Pacers were able to do that tonight or
1: today. <laughs> I know we're both we're both getting caught, but um, <laughs> one thing that stood out too. I mean, the team, like they they left a lot of points at the rim. So this, this is something that I went oh, went kind of back and forth. Especially on. the first half. Yeah, I mean the oh. kind of the tail of the entire series. I mean, Miami missed so many open shots, but the Pacers just mm-hmm. like at, at the rim. They I think it was five or six shots just in the first quarter. It felt like that were left right there. It feels like Karras is still trying to get his legs under him. Uh, He had a couple that were like just there, uh, like just missed, but he's never been an awesome at room finisher. So I'm not sure um, if that's going to be something that changes over time. I don't know, but uh, I mean, Malcolm as well. Miles missed a couple that were right there. Domas did. I mean, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think just the the one last thing on the mentioning how many guys are going, what's been really good about that is because obviously the team does not have a a true star or somebody who is going to have everything run through the team Uh, Or I mean, obviously, you know, things are going to run through Domas. Things are going to run through Malcolm. But for the most part, there's nobody who you're relying on to get a basket every time down.
0: Right.
1: It felt like other than in the fourth quarter when they went cold, they always had somebody who was getting a shot. And maybe that's a reductive way to look at it. But overall, it just always felt like there were one or two guys on court who were, if you got the ball to them, they were going to take a shot and there was a good chance of it going in. Um, It just felt like there was a lot of positive energy on the ball. I I don't know if that's a good way to put it, but – um, it just, yeah. it just in a way that it hasn't felt uh, for quite some time. You know, obviously at the beginning of the season, I think we felt that with when Vic was there and they had his gravity to play off mm-hmm. of. Like Malcolm has taken more corner threes since the all-star break than he did in like an entire month of games. Like just getting him mm-hmm. those open easy looks, like two of the shots he hit tonight out of four were wide open corner threes. Those are looks he was not mm-hmm. getting at all, hardly, Um, in, in all of the season i think he had 20 20 like right around 20 corner threes uh attempted before the all-star break and now with karis back that's been a huge help just getting some of those easier looks and we're seeing that with miles too i mean miles has been on fire from outside since the all-star break after having a really down february and beginning to march um so that's been really nice to see and we didn't even i mean justin holiday like Mm. so many guys played well tonight but i think Gosh, I said the night again. So many guys play well today. I think you have to give the game ball to Justin Holiday. It's harder to see uh, without really pointing it out, but I just was watching him mostly game. And, I mean, Duncan Robinson struggled yep. today. Uh, I don't think he hit a three in the first half. I think all three of his threes came in uh, second half in overtime. I mean, Justin probably ran more than anybody on court because they are just running Duncan off all kinds of actions, trying to get him an open shot. And Justin was fantastic in lock and trail. I actually had somebody – I I tweeted out that I, that Justin's a special player. That's a long story short on it. But somebody was like, Justin Holiday, a special player, question mark. And I was like, okay, you didn't watch the game. I mean, what he does for the Pacers is just ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, he he led them in right? Uh The two threes he hit – I mean, he's a large reason for why they won in overtime. He just doesn't make mistakes on defense and rarely on offense – uh, he was fantastic. And I just, I still marvel at the fact that the Pacers got him for less than the full mid-level. Somebody asked me if I thought, you know, what, what I thought he would go for on like the open market now. And it's definitely more than he went for in the summer. Uh, he's just been fantastic. And I just, I can't even imagine what the Pacers would be doing without him. Like trying to imagine that stretch uh, without, you know, when he had to start like 20 games, can you imagine the team without Justin holiday? Uh, like that's I don't know it's exactly. He's been fantastic. And, um, and that, uh, you know,
0: those two threes just alone in the in the OT pump life into that. Because the way that thing started out with the 5 on run for Miami, it was like, ah, here we go. This is their Lord chance to win. I, it seemed like you could feel that on the court. But it, it, he comes out and hits one three, okay. And now, you know, they're getting stops all of a sudden. And I think I think that energized Miles because you know he had made a couple of bad plays and you're like oh no, he's going to shrink away here but no he he went um, into in a defensive mode but the second free he hit was sweet slightly yes, out balance yeah. and when that thing went through it was like oh wait a minute not yeah. done here um, this this is just a, the, the pace of day and um, it's fitting that you know he he came up with those big plays because like you said get a lot of big things un, under the radar throughout the whole game.
1: Yeah, definitely. I thought. I mean, the uh, it, it really felt like the first two minutes of overtime. Like, okay, wow, yeah, the Pacers are gassed, and this is going to the Heat, and they just yep. they Justin really like you mentioned energized them. Um, so let's talk about the fourth quarter really quick because they had another one of the issues of falling behind in the fourth quarter after getting a sizable lead. They, they it got chipped away. And part of it, a lot was brought up on Twitter about Miles not playing, and I, I thought about it a lot too. Um, I, I want to have some discourse on it because I think it's going a little too far sometimes. Like I, I get, I personally, I, I mean, I I've always said, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna have Domas and Miles and you're paying them thirty six million dollars combined, play them to end the fourth quarter. You have to. Um, but at the same time, like Nate Bjorkman mentioned in the post game presser the group that got them there is the group that he ran with. And, and I I understand yep. that, but at the same time too, it did feel like there was a time where miles could have come in, but I also think people do have to recognize like, Hey, they, they they largely ran bam and Kelly Olinick together for most of the game. And then they stopped going to that in the fourth quarter. It's harder to play miles and Domas together when they're not playing against two bigs, um, or if they're, they're playing against some, some different spacing. Like, so they started running a reset at the four instead of Kelly Olinick. And yep. I so I understood why why Nate kept uh kept the f four smalls and Domas out there. Again, it's you know, it's easier to to look like Caitlin had a good tweet on it. She's like, you know, if um if Kara hits the game winner, do you think any differently about it? And I think that's a good way to look at it. Like it's easy to look back on it and say that. And I think you, you could definitely have a conversation about okay, well, Miles should probably be out there, but I get why he's not. And I think that's that would be my overall read on it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think it was just what you said, going for what was working. I mean, they were winning. Um, They were holding on. I mean, you know, I mean, we've seen this story play out in Miami a million times. This is a, a, I was convinced probably five or six times at different points during the game, this is just going to be a loss. You know, it's just how it happens down there. The calls are going to start going one way, and they kind of did. You know, I could point to, no calls on Domas and um you know other calls that um went Miami's way. You know that's gonna happen. All these things are gonna happen and you somehow still have to keep making plays. And they kind of did. They they every every time it seemed like they were down, um they got hit. Now obviously they um they benefited from Butler missing missing the uh, free throw. But as far as the matchup, you're right. It, Miami's lineup that they were running um, I, I kept thinking well, Turner was in there, maybe he had a mismatch at the other end, but man, Butler, um, I don't know how they would, I, I feel like Butler would have been, um, on the attack in a different way, um, if they had changed things up, um, I, I feel like that forced their defense to scramble a little bit more and, and do other things. And, and, um, I just, I, I understood it for this game, but you know, my, you know, he, obviously he didn't play a minute in the fourth quarter. So, um, at at that, it got to a point where it was like, okay, we got to go down with what they got right now, I guess. Um, and that's how bureaucrat played it. Um, and, and when he came in at OT, it was like, oh boy, here we go. But he was just trying to do too much offensively, I think. Um, and, you know, it, it showed that he could have been effective in there as well. Now, both of them together, you know, we won't know how that went. And um, I'm never going to complain about, you know, getting a win like this in Miami when, you know, you have the play with four minutes left when Domas falls. And then um, McConnell slips in the sweat on the next play down. Where's the ball boy? I mean, come yeah. on. Yeah. Um, and it's like, this is what happens in Miami. Things go awry and you don't get a win. So, yeah. Um, as far as the lineups, I, I could see why they stuck with that um, because of the matchups and the way things were going down the stretch. So um, I'm not going to complain today.
1: Yeah, exactly. I would fully agree with that. Um, I think a good way to talk about it as well. Uh, so another thing I want to bring up to you about tonight, I mean, gosh, darn it, not again. Um, Domas, I thought, had a pretty good game. I know <laughs> the offense wasn't fantastic. He had a lot of turnovers, only one assist, so not a typical Domas game. Um, got to the line a ton, which I thought was huge, but most importantly, I thought he played really good defense today. Um, I'll, I'll definitely, you know, I want to go back and watch the game tomorrow, Yeah. Uh, but I thought he had some nice plays on the perimeter. He also had a couple of really good contests at the rim without fouling. Um, obviously he fouls out of the game, but overall I felt that he, he, yeah. he had a really strong defensive presence tonight.
0: Yeah. And I think that was part of the team defense as a whole, I thought it was, was, was pretty strong. And Dan, um, and you know, he was able to hold his own in there around the rim. I could have sworn he had a block on Butler, he didn't get credit for one, but he definitely stoned one play there. Butler was trying to get into him. Um, and yeah, overall, you know, he's handling the ball. I mean, the guy is just getting abused. I swear to god, I know it seems like we mentioned this a lot, but um, the, the, the stuff he has to take and, and the amount of you know, weight he pulls while he's on the floor is it, is pretty impressive. Um, and again, he's it seems like he's just grinding through um, the last you know couple weeks. You know, trying to do anything he can, and why not necessarily um, you know having easy offense. And you know, I think that goes back to um, you know defenses are throwing two, three guys at him and, and trying to make other. Nice beat him. I thought the heat today adjusted after you know kind of doing more of that on Friday and the and the Pacers burning them. The heat adjusted. That was the other great thing about this game. I think that the you know he definitely made some adjustments with how they were attacking the Pacers. They got the game into their type of pace, um, and the Pacers still won. So um, but back to back to Domas, um you know I, I, I was also Shop, I think but you know he he got that fifth foul with like eight minutes ago or so um, I have to check that but I think it was around eight minutes ago in the game and, and, and made it all the way to the first play OT without fouling out which um I thought was surprising but goes to the, the fact I mean he was still remaining pretty aggressive on defense and and not just hacking
1: out there yeah yeah mm. I totally agree um so before we get to our next segment though uh what did you think about the bench overall?
0: Uh, well, like I mentioned earlier, but you know, they kind of struggled a little bit in that first half stretch. Um, uh, but then, you know, at the end of the third quarter, um, and really real early in the fourth, um, it was, you know, pretty strong. I, I mean, I think a lot of that McDermott and McConnell, that connection was just on fire. Yep. And um, you know, honestly, Ed Sumner had, you know, again, there's so many times when I'm thinking the Pacers are going to let this thing slip away. Oh, uh, the block that and they would was fantastic. Oh, that that would have made a 10-0 run. Instead, he gets the block, goes the other way. Pacers score that 4-0 run. That's huge, you know. At that point in the game, um, you know, we talked about the the spread of the scoring, but that that's another guy stepping up and making a play at a point in the game. And you know, when you as history has told us, when we're playing these Miami team you know, it's all 48 minutes or 53 and you you got to have guys rise up and make plays throughout the whole way. Um, Otherwise they're going to be there and take advantage. So um, that was, that was nice. Yeah. A nice uh, little corner three. The corner threes were friendly. today.
1: Yes. The corner threes were very, very friendly today. I was uh, especially considering that hasn't really been their shot this year. I mean, they haven't really taken a ton of them, um, but yeah, they were they were fantastic from there. I think nine of 17 overall. Oh no, nine of fourteen overall. I can't can't read apparently, but they only shot 45 percent at the rim today, which is believe it or not, eighteen percent below league average. So um that's that yeah, exactly. So as as much as the, the heat struggled from outside and hitting open shots, the like we mentioned, the rim was not the Pacers' friend today. Um the, the last thing that I would want to mention too, uh Jeremy just did not have a good series overall. Uh, he he really struggled tonight, yeah. and the game We only played eleven minutes today. Um, well, like, you know, we talked about this not too long ago. Um, I mean, I guess he wasn't he wasn't bad in the first game against Miami, but the defense was a little rough, as as has been. Uh, have your thoughts changed at all about Jeremy's place in the rotation moving forward?
0: Yeah, I I don't know. He, I mean, he it seemed like he was there a little bit. Today at times and again, like you say on the um the defensive end, that's where it shows up a lot. Um, you know, he, he made a couple plays offensively, but um yeah, it, it, it was rough <laughs> out there for sure. I know um I'm pretty sure is in at, at the end of the third quarter that reserve unit went for that zone. And it was real effective. They closed out with a seven oh run. Um, but again, I you know, I don't know <laughs> if if trying to like cover up for matchup issues out there with that zone. Um it was extremely effective. I you know, gotta give a little credit Go, go get He was so active out there. Yeah, I thought Goga um, was really good today. At that time as well. Um but um but yeah. Um I'd be interested to see what, what happens going forward here with Jeremy. Um if he can get can get a rhythm going where he can make a big impact offensively. Um because you know Our friend Aaron Holiday is always sitting there.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, Also worth noting, Aaron Holiday played in the last game, did not play tonight. Uh, Not that he played much in the last game, but still, it's uh, a lot of interesting stuff that we'll get up to in uh, some coming pods and talking about the uh, the trade deadline. But we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll come back and talk about the uh, upcoming game uh, tomorrow and, and a couple other things. So we'll be right back. Welcome back. All right, Tom. So, uh, paces are now, I believe 19 and 22. If I can, if I can read things correctly. Um, let me check. That's about it. Yeah, I think it's, yes. Yeah. They're 19 and 22. So depending on how Chicago plays today, I believe Chicago plays today, uh, they are tied with for the ninth seed. So they could be up into the eighth seed by themselves or, or ninth seed by themselves. I should say, uh, cause sh- both Charlotte and Boston are a, a game and a half up, I think. Uh, regardless teams right in the mix, Atlanta's the four mm-hmm. seed and they're 22 and 20. This team's not too far out. Um, I just want to point out the things are not as bad as it has been made out to be. Um, I, I don't know what you've thought about the people saying, oh, you know, they, they, they have the wrong mate considering that Atlanta's eight and under underneath Nate McMillan. I want to talk <laughs> about that a little bit because that's been slightly frustrating to me. Yeah. Um, but w- what are your thoughts on just kind of overall, you know, where the team is headed right now and, uh, your opinion on that? Because I think. There's been a it's, I'll, I'll you know just 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 talk. Otherwise, I'm going to keep going on and on. All right, well, I have to you know I feel like these two games kind of
0: yeah, salvage the season maybe a little strong, but uh, well, definitely, it definitely
1: swings the pendulum
0: because now know, salvage the playoff, um, you know strong playoff hopes for this group. And, and after they leave Milwaukee, you know the schedule gets a little more normal. Um, so um but I, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, um Pod we had after the Pacers lost. Um uh, who did? was it Denver? I can't remember, but we were pretty positive considering they had lost.
1: Yes, uh, it was because, the Denver. You know, game.
0: They were playing pretty well. Yeah, yeah. And you know. They, they were playing well, and you you look back at all those games on that trip, and you know they were playing well, even if they were you know the fourth quarter was the issue. Well, you know if they can kind of figure that out, you know maybe we got some, and they kind of just did that in Miami. So you know maybe we got some. So you know it, it the 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 recipe is there for how they can play well, Um, and. Again, like I say, the only way to beat the Heat is play forty eight minutes and, and really for this team to beat anybody of consequence, they have to do that. You know, they can't let it up against any of these teams um from the middle of the pack on, honestly. Um so um, you know, we'll be interested to see how they show up tomorrow I mean Milwaukee. It's gonna be a, obviously a tough at the to back. It's never a good matchup. Um, but you know, after that I think things are at a point where they can start building some momentum here, and and
1: we'll see. Well, yeah, exactly. I think you bring up a good point because we were kind of looking at this in terms of, you know, at least I was. After after the game against Brooklyn, I mean, that game was rough. So you're, you're coming out of that and you're thinking, okay, mm. well, they're playing Miami, who's the hottest team right. in the NBA right now, uh, number one defense in the league uh, over, I, I think, since February 1st. And it was looking very much so like this could be an 0-2 stretch. You come out of the All-Star break 1-5. and five, And then you have to play the team that is you know just about the best in the East, uh, considering Joel Embiid is out right now. Um, and then you have a game that's probably winnable against Detroit. But then you play Dallas. You play Washington, who's been a lot better. And then you play Miami again. So uh, I'm, I, I agree. I, mm-hmm. Salvage would definitely be strong. But it's... You went from this looking like you're yeah. six games down, to being you know two games out of being in in the sixth seed. So that makes a big difference. Right. Um, and I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, as
0: I always say, just win, baby, in the <laughs> yes. NBA. So you know we can talk about how well they're playing even when they're losing, but it doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. I completely agree. Like it's uh it's. It, regardless, two wins in a row. We'll take it how, how how they come, and the team will as well because they needed those exactly. Um, so, in looking at the game tomorrow against Milwaukee, how are you feeling going into this game? Like, what do you, what are you what are your kind of expectations, or, or what are you thinking headed in this game?
0: Well, as I just mentioned, it's it just always such a rough matchup um, for the Pacers. Um, it's like it's either a very close game or it's like to run out of the gym in a hurry, and I don't know. I feel like th- this is like there's been times in the past where they've been on situations like this, where like this is like a schedule loss already set up because it's a back back on the road. Yep. Um, and and they've been on the road thanks to the NCAA tournament, you know, now for four days. So, um, you know, i I guess my expectations for a win are are relatively low, but um, I I've I'm hoping that they can build, you know, feel the, the momentum here and, and realize that they've had so many opportunities lost already in games earlier this season that, um, you know, they'll be ready to go at it and, and see what they can do against Milwaukee because um, at some point, yeah, play with these, the, these top teams in the East um, a little bit better than they have in the past. And, uh, you know, there's an opportunity to show it
1: yeah yeah definitely and I, I think it's important to look at too uh I mean Milwaukee is uh 11 and one in their last 12 Been really really damn good especially since Drew Holiday yeah. came back uh Giannis has been believe it or not insanely good I still can't like I think he's right up there for for guys who should be talked about for MVP this year I know there's a little bit of voter fatigue but I also don't care that you have voter fatigue MVP is MVP um I mean, just since and all the
0: other guys are falling
1: off, so exactly like the, the yeah. that's, that's the complete way to look about it. I mean, like there's no other way to talk about it. It's just the fact like Embiid is hurt yep. right now. Jokic has still been really good. I think he's right up there as well. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. since February, uh, I mean, yeah, since all the games in February, uh, this is Giannis' stat line in 22 games, uh, 30 points per game, 12 rebounds, seven assists, uh, three combined steals and blocks, uh, 57% from the field, 32% from three, and 76% from the line, which is important to note because he started off Lord. really poorly from the free throw line. He gets there a million times a game. So uh, especially looking at, at this matchup, that's important. Um, is what What's different that you want to see compared to last game against Milwaukee, other than the score? Uh, because the score is definitely something you want to see different from the first game.
0: Yeah, but, uh, you know – that's a good question. Um, it, it, all, you know, there's so much gravity around Giannis and, you know, God, listen, to those numbers off, um, that is just not fair. Uh, you know, um, and, and it's a type of thing where the patients have played so well down in Miami and really shoot the ball. Well, and they're going to have to keep, you know, that, that three point ball ball is, is going to be the bread and butter. Um, especially against these better teams. Um, so they're gonna have to continue to, you know, spread that ball around and spread the wealth and and make my Miami, Miami, make Milwaukee um uh defend all over the court <coughs> excuse me um going forward, you know, whenever they plan. But um it'll be interesting to see how they uh line up and Set up to slow down Giannis um and, and also get the big boys out of foul trouble.
1: Yeah, definitely. And guarding Chris Middleton too is going to be interesting because Chris Middleton always tends to give them give them problems, especially considering TJ is not playing. Um, I mean, obviously yeah, he hasn't been playing, yeah. but uh just it's hard to have somebody match up with him. And then if you have to guard Drew Holiday and you have to guard Dante DiVincenzo, who's been good this year. Um, I think what I'm most looking for is whether or not they're going to actually let miles match up with Giannis, because I think that's the one thing that I'd like to see. They really did not try and give any possessions to miles to defend him one on one. And I, I know it's, it's tough to, to warrant that because he's, I know a lot of people would say like, Oh, well, you know, he's the, he's trying to win defensive player of the year. That's what he should be doing. But at the same time, Giannis is just yeah. a totally different caliber of athlete and they play different positions. So it's, it makes it difficult, but at the I mean, conversely, they've tried everything else against Giannis, so exactly. Let's let's see I, I don't what know happens. How they
0: can't at least try. It.
1: Yeah, you know
0: what I mean, yeah, at, at different points throughout the game. Um, I I just the way that they're constructed right now, I just don't see how they can't. Um, you know, and preferably early because if it's working, let's keep rolling. Um, but uh, you know, at some point, you got to you got to break up um what they're doing and you know maybe maybe then you're you're just saying okay we'll roll up that 32 percent from three he's been shooting and, and take our chances
1: yeah yeah and i think they really just have to pick a shooter on the bucks who they want to leave open or, or not even to leave open but to contest late on because i think i mean putting domas on on, on dante Di, divincenzo for most of the first game was um I mean, I get wanting to try new things, but that it, it didn't work, just frankly. Um, and it's not that that he got routinely cooked on the perimeter or anything, but it's just that's an extremely difficult thing for him to to work yeah. through. And the cross matches were really rough. They kept coming down in transition and just being really jumbled and who they were defending. Um, so I'm interested to see how that works out as well. I think this could be a big game for Goga. Uh, really good opportunity for him mm-hmm. to get minutes. They're going like, to, I mean, just frankly, they're going to need him for his fouls, like not that they're going mm-hmm, to want yeah. to foul people, but I think in order like Doma, one of Domo's or miles is probably going to end up in foul trouble pretty early on. So they're going to need Goga to come in, play some spare minutes, match some of the size. I mean, Bobby Portis has been really good off the bench this year for Milwaukee. Um, I, I think there's an opportunity for Goga to try and counter him a little bit. And um, if they can play well enough on the bench unit, they have to try and steal some points uh, and steal some minutes there against, against the Milwaukee bench lineups, because I think that's the real opportunity too. because just frankly, I mean, mm-hmm. the bucks have a better starting lineup. It'll be interesting to see how Karras works out because I mean, again, we're going to see, it's going to be a little bit easier, slightly easier looks for, for Karras and Malcolm. It's still going to be really damn hard to score at the rim, especially against this team though. I mean, with the length that they have uh, and the ability that they have, they contend every, every shot that comes within three feet. That, that'll be certainly tough as well. So looking for miles to have a big game offensively too. Cause I think there's an opportunity if he can draw Brooke out, I mean, Brooke will probably end up guarding, uh, guarding Sabonis, but um, if he's able to just guard his, get his matchup to come out at all, that'll be huge.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, you mentioned miles um, offensively. I I understand that he, you know, had about three bad plays there offensively and OT, but on some level, I appreciate the, um, assertiveness, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially on the first two plays, even though he botched it up. And you know, I like early in the game he went in the lane and, and drew a foul on the move shooting. And um, I feel like he definitely is um, is a guy that can can try and draw a little more attention. And when he's drawn, I feel like when he's drawn, making the defense play him like that on the offensive end. It, Again, helps open up, you know, relieve a little pressure elsewhere. Everybody else on the floor and, and open things up um, as the game's going on, and um, yeah, that might be no more important than than when they're playing the Bucs.
1: Yep, everybody eats. I think that's the way to put it. If if this yeah. team's going to win, everybody's got to eat. It can't go through one guy. Uh, I know Domas set his career high last time, but it was kind of moot because that's what the Bucks wanted. Uh, they didn't right. get any open shots up. They didn't want anybody else getting the ball. Uh, they just said let Domas play Brook Lopez one on one, and Domas was awesome to his credit. But it, you know that played right into the hands of what the Bucs wanted. Um, so, last thing I want to ask you about, not Pacers related, uh, have you caught any of March Madness?
0: Uh, yeah, I've, I've caught, I haven't gone live to the games, but I've been watching quite a bit.
1: Yeah, well, what is that? I'm ve- very dejected because I was uh, I was watching at halftime. Uh, I love this Illinois team, or I loved, I guess I should oh, say, because they're out now. I know. I was uh, first of all, I didn't think Loyola Chicago should have been an eight seed. I thought they were a lot better this year, and yeah, most tough. of my friends who were a little bit closer with college basketball thought the same. But I I love Ayo Desumu and Kofi Coburn, so I was uh, I was pretty yep. dejected to see that team lose. And I picked them to shocking. win national title too, so.
0: They were at the top of my bracket as well. I've got nothing left to to root for. So um but you know, they've been some great games. That, that, you know, I like, I tried to go to bed with the Abilene Christian Texas game last night. Um and then I just kept watching because I mean Texas has some NBA guys. Yeah, Ty I mean, like, Jones, basically. uh and, Greg Brown.
1: And, and yeah, they have like, a lot of guys. Brown, yeah.
0: And I just kept saying, okay, let's see who who rises up here. And it was like, and then, and then you just get so impressed with, you know, the Abilene Christian side of it and the, and the guts those guys have making plays and and the dude hit the (laughs) two free throws. It's like unbelievable. That that type of stuff happening is, it's kind of what makes that tournament fun. Even if the, the play is just hard to watch at times, but. Um, hey,
1: I mean, they did have a player named Reggie Miller on Abilene Christian, who I, I think know. was just about their <laughs> leading the scorer. So it's uh props to them. It's hard, hard to hard to dislike that. Um, yeah,
0: I was kind of hoping he got the three throws at the end. It would have been classic.
1: <laughs> yes, that <laughs> would have been nice. Um, the only thing that uh, I'm trying to think, there's Texas Tech and Arkansas play tonight. I'm looking forward to that game because I like a lot of the prospects yeah. on Texas Tech. Um, I, I mean, Arkansas has got some good prospects too. I uh, I'm trying to think who else I want to watch. Um, I really enjoyed. it. Well, I mean, Oh, you won yesterday. That was a fun game. Jason Preston's really quality player. I mean, we're going to be rolling out draft profile soon. I keep pushing it off because yep. the team's doing well enough that I, I don't want to start them yet, but
0: and o- Oklahoma state plays tonight. Oh
1: yes. Get oh, another chance for the
0: top of the top of the
1: heap there. Um, yeah, it's, it's not going to happen, but it sounds nice. You know, I just, <laughs> just to remind people, stop, stop posting Cade Cunningham in Pacers jerseys because it's not going to happen. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Nah. He's really good, but it's not going to happen. Um, no. better, better off just putting Ao Desumu in a, in a Pacers jersey, even though I don't <laughs> think he actually all my draft friends think that he's probably not a, he's not like the greatest draft prospect. He's got it. He's kind of in a weird, like tweener position, but overall, yeah, you know, I'm i uh, I'm excited. We got some good madness coming up. I was really sad because Georgetown lost in a, kind of expected fashion uh but hey they won the biggie so i'll take it so it's a slight win yeah but uh next year you know uh all right last thing i will ask what did you i I know you're not you're not an iu fan so what do you think about everything going on with iu because i think it's just weird um
0: like the whole thing
1: about brad stevens like I, i didn't understand that at all why would brad stevens leave boston boston celtics an nba team to go coach iu like, I, I it, it
0: was hilarious here, honestly. I mean, I, I'm obviously I went to University of Washington. Um, I'm a boiler in law, but I, I oh, yeah, IU. sorry I mean, to I, all of our boiler fans. I, yeah, as I um, um, always tell my wife, you'd rather have IU, you'd rather beat them on their top 10 team, and you guys are good enough to beat them. You know, that's everybody. If everybody's good, it's better for the rivalry, it's more fun, blah blah blah, but shouldn't see it that way. Um, but yeah, the thing that was crazy was how many people were, you know, um, this is his dream job. This is, you know, and, and finally, I think he, he shut it down, I guess, um, the other day, but the, the thing that was, has been killing me is that everyone's saying that he's having a down near, he's going to get fired, blah, blah, blah. It's like, they've had some issues. I mean, they've had injuries to key guys um and you know tatum had covid and has struggled deal with that um yeah they've had guys back and still haven't played great but again their best player is 22 years old i mean that team is very talented and can compete with anybody but it i feel like it you know if, if anybody's being realistic about it and i know a lot of boston fans are, are about as bad as iu fans as part of being realistic, but, you know, they're still some tweaks away from being the team that really competes for a championship, regardless of how good Brown, Jalen uh, Brown and, and Tatum are. I mean, those guys, you know, Tatum is so nice, <laughs> And, um, so I, I feel like none of that, you know, all that gets washed away. It's all just like looking at numbers and, and hoping, um, I was hoping so. I think now I don't know what they're down through. Hoping that Chris Beard comes from Texas Tech, I think is the next guy in line. But would you? Uh, I we'll don't know here. if
1: I would leave Texas Tech for IU. Maybe I, I, I'm sure I will hear some slander for this. First of all, part of that's because I love watching Chris Beard's teams play because they're awesome defense first. That would be awfully cathartic because that's where Bobby Knight. I mean, Bobby Knight went to Texas Tech after he got fired at IU, so that would just be really weird to have somebody go from IU over. Back to, I mean, from Texas Tech back back to IU. Yeah. Um. But also, like, I just, it's it's weird. It, I I I made this comparison with my friend the other day. IU basketball. This reminds me a lot of Michigan football. Like they used to be really good, and the fan base. Not that I'm going to say it's anything like bad about the fan base, but I just think that they have such high expectations. Like, it's hard to fill those, and we've seen that with with U of M football um and i think part of it is i mean they definitely have not done well under the hard buyer at least not as well as they could but i think it's just not like <laughs> i don't know it, it's hard to it's hard to, to yeah, quantify it's crazy like,
0: i mean the the culture at iu is definitely you know they expect to be um you know you are like right. michigan football is kind of comparable um and I think one thing that would be almost good for the whole school and the whole program, and if it wouldn't be great, but if they had a guy with some ties tonight, night, an and now you a Dane Fife would be a guy I would love to see. He's an assistant uh, with Izzo. He, you know, did a great job coaching IU, uh, PU or Indiana Purdue Fort Wayne, which is a very small school. He brought them up to Division I, did a great job there. Um, and he was there at the end of of night's tenure you know a guy that kind of understood that culture but could bring it into the modern era and at least you know kind of maybe satisfy the the fan base on that level i don't know they need something like that um or or they're going to have to get you know hit on the right coach um recently you know the guys have been hiring guys that have done well going through the tournament you know maybe not necessarily have sustained success and um but it, yeah the IU fans the, the hardcore ivy fans are, are nuts I know I know and love a lot of them um and um it, it's crazy um you know you know the expectations every year and, and um what they want and you know that the, the way they follow recruiting and all that um where you know they end up really pumping up players who may not be as good as they, they, you know, the the people expect. And then when they don't play as well, there's a big letdown. Then that's on the coach. And it's been this cycle here for, I don't know, 20 years. So uh, they, they kind of need to do something different, but um, like you said with beard, it's like, I I believe he's from Texas. Uh, When I heard his wife's from Texas, Got a great program at Texas Tech. There's a ton of great talent in Texas, like you say. That'd be hard to leave. Um, so, um, yeah, we'll see. You know, people want Tony Bennett,
1: but, you know, there's – there's. Um, but he also – like, he played at UVA, didn't he? Oh, uh, I mean, Bennett? Yeah, I think he played. Didn't well, he play at UVA? No, he he played
0: up in, in uh, Wisconsin Green Bay. Oh, wow. But the, the thing with him is his sister coach – at IU and was fired, and you know apparently that wasn't so. You know, I got all the storylines here <laughs> because it it honestly has been you know there's been more talking about the coach over the last couple of weeks.
1: <laughs> well, hey, and, I have uh, two quick fixes. Thing. Number one, just stop <laughs> wearing the the gaudy pinstripe pants. Those things are terrible. Uh, like the overall things, uh, not a fan. Yeah, not like stripes. those. They're awful, man. I can't I can't get behind them. And then the other thing too. Uh, we could just, you know, what hire the other Miller brother, get him over from Arizona. You know, if the first one doesn't work, there maybe the second one will. So who knows? Uh, but anyways <laughs> that that is it for today, Tom. This was this was great. I'm sure we'll have some more stuff on March Madness eventually because why not? It's basketball. Uh, yeah. Good good stretch for the Pacers this weekend. Really good game today. Uh, interested to see what they can do tomorrow. Uh, we'll be back uh, with some more after the game. Looking forward to to bringing you guys a lot of good content this week. Have a good rest of your day and thank you for listening.